you are then setting in motion a spiritual principle that was set in motion from the foundation of the world. His blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, that blood that was presented uh, before God on the mercy seat of heaven. You activate a force, a force that is so powerful that the enemy cannot contain it. Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I want to thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Walking in the Light. This message would be part number three, and it is subtitled Addicted to the Darkness. Are you addicted to the darkness? Well, if so, the Lord Jesus has an answer for you that will free you from every bondage, addiction, sin, bad habit, all that stuff. Jesus is really the answer, and there is hope for you beyond belief. So thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org. There's plenty to do on the website from other messages, videos, and you can also install the Kingdom Rock app and so much more. So check us out. Oh, and don't forget to leave us a prayer request. Those of you that have the Kingdom Rock app, just click the prayer button and send us your prayer request. We will be so glad to pray with you. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Addicted to the Darkness, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Bible to the book of John. 1 John, the first chapter. We're going to go right back there today. 1 John, the first chapter. And we're going to continue in the series entitled, Walking in the Light. Walking in the Light. You know, because of the time that we are living in currently at this moment, it is, it's changing I know at least my tone and focus. Parents, you know that when you know your children or your loved ones, someone you or someone that you love is in danger, your phone, your tone changes. Or when you know you're running out of time, you begin to do things differently. If you have all day to get dressed, you're probably going to watch television a little bit, probably eat a little bit, may lay down a little bit. If you have all day to get dressed, you're probably going to wait until maybe an hour or so and then get dressed if you have all day. But if you know that someone's coming to pick you up in the next 15 minutes and you're still in bed, you're going to move with the certainty then. If you have all day to get dressed, People can hold conversations with you. You can pick up the phone. You can call this person, call that person. Somebody calls. It's no big deal. But when you know you have only 15 minutes to do two hours worth of work. (laughs) Not saying anything. When you know you only have 15 minutes to do an hour and a half worth of work or an hour's work. Idle chatter goes out the way. When someone calls, you say, I have to call you back. I'm in a hurry, right? I'm telling you, we're in a hurry, okay? It is more important than ever that you minister your faith, that you minister the gospel to others. It is more important than ever that you witness and be a witness for Jesus Christ. It is more important than ever now, more than ever. The hour is wrapping up. 
Okay, and there's a spirit of, sed of seduction that is going over the globe. Let me tell you one thing that happened to me last night, and then, I'll, then we get into the word of God. This whole ice bucket challenge thing. Okay, this whole ice bucket challenge thing. There's something extremely wrong here. Okay, basically you're baptizing yourself in the name of something else. As people pour ice bucks of water over them over their heads. Don't you know that's a form of baptism? Water pours over you. Now, if you've been if you've done that sort of thing, you need to renounce that spirit. Hallelujah. And ask God to cover you with his precious blood. Renounce that spirit. I'm telling you this. There's something to it that's more than what you can see. All right. First John, the first chapter, verse number five. I'm going to read to you verses five through ten. Now, I'm, uh, the word is a little bit harsh today. I'm a little bit harder than normal, especially in, in, in contrast to last week, because the time is wrapping up. Okay, we must be sober. Please tell your neighbor, you must be sober now. You've got to be sober. I don't have a short time to be with you, so let's get into it. First John, the first chapter, verse number, I'll read verses 5 through 10. And it goes like this. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse eight, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Today we'll be speaking from the subject of addicted to the dark. Addicted to the dark. Addiction meaning that there is some sort of drawing power, some, something that compels a person. They can't stay away from it. There is a hunger. There's a yearning for something that is in the dark. Now, I'm going to be brief today, Lord willing. So you need to hear what I have to say. Very, You need to hear it. Are you understanding? Addicted to the dark. John is talking here again, this letter is written to the church. These are believers. Okay, these are believers. Now you have to have that, that framework in mind or you won't get the entire uh, meaning of this chapter. You won't get it. It'll pass over you. You'll think it's somebody else he's talking to. He's talking to believers and he's warning them of individuals that have crept their way into the church He's warning them of wolves in sheep's clothing. And these wolves are confusing the fellowship, confusing them. 
because they're saying one thing, but the inner witness of the Spirit of God is telling them something else. Now, once you notice, there are two things that are being said here. Two things. Now, uh, Scripture says, let's look at um, verse number six. Here's the first thing that's being said. He said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, that is with God, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. This is one thing that they are saying. If we say, now he's using the word we, inclusive. Who is the we? Who is speaking here? John, the church leadership. He's saying, if we, the leaders, say, if we, the leadership, say, if we, they're in authority, say, if we say that we have fellowship with God. Remember, fellowship implies intimacy, communion, right? Intimacy, communion. I know you. You know me. If we, the leadership, says that we have intimacy, uh, that, that we have intimacy with God, we have communion with God, and we walk in darkness, we're lying to you. Now, notice he uses the word, let me put this on a board, notice he uses the word, the conjunction, and. He does not use, he does not use the word, but. He does not use the word, yet. He uses the word, and. Look at the sentence again. Verse 6, he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, that is fellowship with God, and walk in darkness. What they're saying here is that they say, we leadership, hey, we're with Jesus, it's okay, and we're able to walk in darkness. Fellowship with God and walk in darkness. They say, if we say to you that we have fellowship, we're intimate with God, and we walk in darkness, we're lying to you. Now, how does that translate today? How does, what, does, what does that mean? Fellowship with God and walk in darkness. That would mean, if that fellowship were true, then that would mean that God approves of the darkness. If I'm able to continue to walk with you, and you continue to walk with me, we can continue to commune together, and you know that I'm still doing this, and that would mean that you approve of it. Let's bring it home a little bit further. Let's say that there is a wife, and she knows her husband is fooling around on her. But the husband can say, well, I still have fellowship with my wife, and I'm walking with this other. If the fellowship with the wife was true, then that would mean that the wife approves of the mistress. Do you understand? Is that clear to you? They say, I have fellowship with God. I'm walking with God, and yet... I'm able to do this. And the scripture says, let me tell you, saints, they are lying. They do not have fellowship with God. What does that say? Now here, this is talking also, this is a, a prophetic picture of the end times. For there are many that say, I know Jesus, I walk with God, I'm born again too. And I still do this, and God's okay with it. The Bible says they are lying. They do not have fellowship with God. How do we know that? Because it says in verse before that it says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You cannot continue to have a walk or remember the word walk means lifestyle. It means the path that you are on. 
lifestyle, the path that you're on. Uh, it also talks about your conversation, the decisions that you make, the, the direction of your life. All of these are saying, if all these says that I'm in darkness, I'm walking in darkness, God is not there. You cannot walk with God and walk in darkness at the same time. So here again, here's an end time prophetic picture. There will be those that may have large churches and large gatherings. There'll be those that may have what, what we would call to be a successful gathering or a successful ministry. Hear me. There'll be those that will have that. And by all uh, looks from the outside, it looks like God is there. But yet and still, they say God is okay with this. So the word wants you to know, God wants you to know that they are lying. He is not there. Do you understand that? Amen. That's a prophetic picture you need to understand. You really need to get that in your heart. You really need to get it there. Here again, he says, uh, if we say, this is 1 John, uh, the, the 1 John 1st chapter, verse number 6, if we say, now this is the first thing that they're saying, if we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not truth. Notice it said we lie. If it stopped there at we lie, that's one thing, but it says we lie and do not truth. Well, what is truth? The Bible declares what the Lord Jesus said himself. He said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. So he's saying that you are lying if you say you have fellowship with Christ, fellowship with God, and yet and still we can have a lifestyle in the darkness. Yet and still we can do the things that we are wrong and, and God, God approves of it. He said, you're lying. You don't have that fellowship and you do not truth. You do not the truth. What is truth? Truth is the word of God. You do not the word. Now, remember, the Lord said, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep his word. If you love him, you will keep his word. So this tells me that the person, not only are they lying, but they also have no love for Christ. Again, let's go back to the example. Let's say you're in a relationship with someone and that someone tells you I'm in relationship with someone else. And, uh, and, and let's say your significant other, let's go back to the marriage thing. Let's say the husband comes in and says, honey, I have this mistress on the side. You understand, right? We got, you understand, you're okay with it. I don't think that any wife would be okay with it. I don't think that, it, I don't think that any husband would be okay if his wife came home and said, honey, uh, I, I met another man today and uh, I'll be with him sometime and be with you sometime. I don't think that there's any husband, at least I wouldn't approve of that. I don't think that there's anyone because why? Our relationship is exclusive. Understand the body of Christ is also known as the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Jesus is the head. He is our husband. This is why the Bible declares that husbands should love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. This is why also in the book of James, I believe he calls the, calls the church there, you adulterers and uh, adulteresses. Don't you know that your friendship with the world is enmity with God? God said our relationship is exclusive. We have an exclusive relationship. God wants to have an exclusive relationship with you. He doesn't want you to go out and and do all these other things with these other gods. Remember, remember why he said to us in the first commandment, you'll have no other gods before me. This is an exclusive relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And so here's the first thing he tells him. Again, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not truth. Now, he's telling us this as a warning and also letting us know, uh, really, that we're missing out on the true blessings of God that should be in our lives. It's kind of like you are bringing, uh, as the book of Haggai said, you're, you go out and you fill your bags with money and you bring them home and you, you put it on the table and you discover that there's far less than what you start off with. You've discovered that your bag has holes in it. You're losing. You're not getting the full benefit of this because you've allowed something else to come in. When we walk in darkness, understand something. When you walk in darkness, you're walking in the enemy steps. And the devil, Satan, Lucifer, demons, all these things abide in darkness. So when you, uh, when you say that I walk with God, but yet and still I'm walking in darkness, that's a lie because there is no agreement with the temple of Christ and Balaam. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God will not have fellowship, uh, will have fellowship. Well, the devil won't have fellowship in God's house, and, and God won't have fellowship in the devil's house. You'll have to make a decision. Boy, y'all mighty quiet today. Let's go on a little bit further. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, here's the prescription, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All right, so first he confronts the misnomer. He confronts the misnomer that people can say. They say, well, I'm born again, I'm saved, and I can do anything I want to do, and God's okay with it. No. Here again, going, going back to that example between husband and wife. Yes, we're married now, so I can go see many people I want to see. No, this thing is, is, is exclusive. No, there's a binding commitment. You're saved. You're born again. The Bible declares that your life, it is not your own, but you have been bought with a price. You belong to Christ. Amen. Does that make sense to you? Amen. So first of all, he deals with that. Uh, those that would have that want to have multiple relationships, multiple gods. And Lord, he says, I am exclusive. We're in exclusive relationship. You can't walk with me and walk in darkness at the same time. You can't. That, that won't work. He said, but if you he said in verse seven, but if we walk in the light. As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, we'll stop right there just for a moment as well. He said, but if we walk in light. Now, here's the exact opposite. If we walk in light as he is in the light, he says we have fellowship one with another, true fellowship. True fellowship. And then he says, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Now, let me show you something really about this cleansing. He says, and the blood cleanses. What cleanses? What cleanses? The blood cleanses. Now, the word cleanse here, we could really look at this. We're not going to do a whole lot of work in this particular verse right now today, although I would love to get into you with it with you another time. But the word uh, cleanse here, the word cleanse here, uh, we can look at it, uh, it's actually in the present tense, which means it's an always present now. It's always cleansing me now. And it's also the, um, 
its voice, there's a voice, uh, which means this, the voice here is active. The part of, part of speech, it is active, which means that the subject is doing the work. It is not passive. The subject is doing the work. So already we know this is an always present now, as in even right now, as in even right now. You understand, the first time I said right now was a few moments ago, right? But now we're saying now. Okay? His blood is cleansing is an ever-present now. And the voice of this word is active, which means the subject is doing the work. It is not you cleansing yourself. It is the blood cleansing you. Okay? And the mood is what's called indicative, which means it's a simple statement of fact. Now, it is the blood that cleanses you in an ever-present now. Even right now, if you decide, now all this again, as we look back at verse number seven, it said, but if, say if. Let me write that word down because that is a huge word. If implies some sort of decision, right? He said, but if you walk, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, that is fellowship with God and fellowship with each other. Fellowship with God and fellowship with each other. He said, and the blood of Jesus cleanses. The blood of Jesus or the blood that belongs to Jesus Christ, his blood cleanses us um, from all sin, right? So his blood is actively always present now for those that decide, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be his disciple. I will follow him and I choose to walk in the light. Even when you make that confession, Lord, I choose to follow you. I choose to walk in the light. You are then setting in motion a spiritual principle that was set in motion from the foundation of the world. His blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that blood that was presented uh, before God on the mercy seat of heaven. You activate a force, a force that is so powerful that the enemy cannot contain it. When you say, I will walk in light, what happens then? Then the blood that belongs to Jesus, that divine substance would then actively Presently, actively, it does the work on you, and it is simply a statement of fact. Yes, 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 what is it cleansing you from? From all sin. You say, I got a problem with this, I got a problem with that. Decide to walk in light, yes. and it will cleanse you from all sin. You have to make the decision. Once you set it in motion with the words of your mouth, with your actions, you set a law in practice. You set a law in motion. Once you start it, the Lord finishes it, and it becomes an always constant fact. Even right now, as I have made the decision to walk in light, you can't see it now, but I'm being washed by the blood of Jesus right now. Right this very moment, his blood is washing me. Washing me from what? From all sin. Cleanse, the word cleanse means to remove, uh, to remove something, remove dirt, remove filth, to take something away. It is taking the sin away from me. And as you decide to do that, it will take the sin away from you. 
Does that make sense to you? Let's move on. Verse 6, they said, they said, if we say we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, you lie and do not the truth. But that's just the first thing. And the remedy for that is walk in light. With your mouth, you make the decision. Lord God, I choose to do this. I choose to do that. Now, God knows you're going to make mistakes. That's why the blood is there. The blood of Jesus is there to cleanse you and wash you from sin. Sin is sin is also known as errors, faults, flaws. He knows you're going to mess up. That's why the blood is there. Are you hearing? So who is doing the work in verse number seven? Let's read it again. He said, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus or the blood that belongs to Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. What's doing the work? The blood is doing the work. What's doing the work? The blood is doing the work. It is not a person here. It's a thing. It's the blood. The blood that belongs to Jesus actively cleanses from sin. Now, remember, the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death. So if we're involved in sin, you better know it that death is around the corner. And death is anything that destroys life. Sin destroys marriages. Sin destroys families. Sin destroys relationships. Sin will destroy your finances. Sin will, catch, will cause you to be uh, uh, fired from work. Sin, you go, you go down the list of it. So if we are allowing sin to come in, it is there not to be your friend, but to steal, kill, and destroy But yet and still, we are addicted to the dark. And the Lord said it's going to take his blood to wash that from you. So the first thing is here again, the first thing is they say we know God, we walk with God, and we can still keep doing what we're doing. God's okay with it. God said, no, you're lying and that you do not the truth. But the remedy is if you decide to walk in the light as he's in the light, you have fellowship with him and fellowship with other believers. And his blood will actively cleanse you in an ever-present now. Once you decide to walk in the light, you won't be able to claim his blood cleansed me. No, his blood cleanses me in an ever-present now. Let's look further. We got another look at verse 8 says, if we say that we have, here's another thing that they were saying. Are you hearing me? These wolves in sheep's clothing. Here's another thing that they were saying. Verse 8, 1 John, 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 8 says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here's something else they are saying. Here again, this is written to the body of believers. There were those in the body that says, I have no sin. I, I'm, I'm already perfected. I'm already perfected. There's no need for me to repent. I have no sin. Wow. God didn't say you're fooling me. He didn't even say you're fooling other people. He said you're deceiving your own self. You think you're already there? You think you've been perfected? If we say we have no sin. There were those who were really saying we have no sin. We have no sin. 
Wow, really? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Now, the word deceive there in the Greek really means to draw away. You're drawing your own self away to cause yourself to wonder. Now, you can't draw yourself away from something when you're not there in the first place. So these were people that were familiar with Christ, here again, in the church, but now they have decided, I have no sin, there's no need for me to repent, and now they're beginning to wander off. When you find those that begin to say, I have no sin, watch out. There's nothing wrong, watch out. Are you hearing? It said, they said, uh, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He said, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here again, what is the truth? The truth is the word. The word is not in them. Because if the word were in them, the word, if they allowed the word to be in them, the word would judge them. The word would tell them that this and that is wrong. Are you hearing? Well, what's the remedy for that? Let's go to the very next verse, verse number nine. Oh, you're going to really love this. Are you ready for this? He says, if we confess our sins, he, say he, he he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, The first time, what was doing the work? The blood. The blood. The blood is forever cleansing. Those that desire to walk in light. Those that desire to follow Jesus. Hold that thought right quick. Let me show you. Let's go back to John. Uh, Go back to John. If you go back to John, the eighth chapter, John eight, let me show you this. Or just just listen to me. John eight, verse 12 says this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, means that you will walk in light. You understand that? He said again, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Following Jesus or being his disciple means that you will not walk in darkness, but you will walk in light. You understand that? Now let's go back over to 1 John once again. 1 John verse 9 says again, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now we're going to close out with this point. So I pray you're still with me. The first agent of cleansing was what? Was the blood. But now those here is the next level. There are two levels of cleansing. One, the blood that belongs to Jesus does the cleansing. But now the Lord said, if you confess, I will do the cleansing. I'm not sure if you got that or not. 
The first time it was a decision that you made if you walk in the light, a decision that you make, that you will follow Christ, that you will be his disciple. And the Lord says, I know you're gonna make some mistakes. That's why I've got my blood there in place to keep washing you from the sin, washing you from the mistakes. I know you're still addicted to this, that, and the other. I know this stuff still has a pull on your flesh. God said, I know it. That's why my blood is in place to cleanse you from all the sin. And then he says, if you confess, if you confess, look at that, if you confess, if we confess our sins. Now the word confess, please hear me. The word confess simply in the simplest form, really in the Greek it means to say the same thing. But it also means really to admit your guilt. To admit that you are guilty. Guilty of what? Guilty of the crime. Guilty of the sin. I admit that I am guilty. Now understand this. Oh God, please help me, Jesus, to get this word to the nations. Please help me. Jesus said, if you would confess your sins before him. He said, if you confess your sins, that is, if you admit your own guilt. If you admit your own guilt, that is, if you throw yourself on the mercy of the court, the mercy of the judge, and say, judge, I am guilty. There's no need for lawyers, defense lawyer, or prosecution, uh, prosecutor uh, attorney. There's no need for the jury. There's no need for any of that. I am guilty. He said, if you would confess your sin, declare that you are guilty of the charges, then he said, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you from all sin and unrighteousness. Why is that important? Oh God, why is that important? Because if we say that we have no sin, we're saying that I'm okay the way that I am. I don't need his forgiveness. I don't need his mercy. I don't need his, I don't need his grace. And that means that you will stand before God on the day of judgment with your sins intact. And on that day, there will be no mercy. And I don't care. People tell me, well, my dad is a preacher. My granddad is a preacher. That won't matter. Everyone will have to stand before God themselves. They say that there is no God. They say that there is no sin. Well, you will soon find out that there is. And there is a hell. If you say that you have no sin, if you say that there is nothing wrong, understand, if you say you have no sin, that means that you are not seeking God in repentance. Are you hearing that is, if you will judge yourself now, if you confess your sin before him, if we confess our sins now, then he is faithful. Faithful meaning trustworthy. You can depend upon him. You can rely on him. Just meaning that he is duly authorized and accepted before God to make the next action. He said, you can depend on me if you put yourself out there. 
Let's say someone that has committed a crime and they just want to, they know they've done it, but they want to do their best to get out of the punishment. So they may lie, they may perjure themselves, they may do all this other stuff to get out of it. They know they're in trouble, they know that they've done it, but they're doing everything to get out of the way of it. But God said, if you just make yourself vulnerable and admit that you did it, you just admit it, just confess it, declare I am guilty of the charge. Then Jesus said, I am trustworthy, I'm faithful, I am trustworthy, I'm dependable. You can count on me to do what, Lord? Uh, You can count on me to forgive. He said, I'll forgive you. Now forgive not as man forgives, but forgive as God forgives. When God forgives, he washes it from you completely as far as the east is from the west. He takes it away from you. This is what we call remission of sins. He makes it as if it had never been committed in the first place. Now, this word forgiveness in this context, in this chapter, in this verse also has another meaning. And I want you to see this. The word forgiveness here also relates to a divorcement between a husband and his wife. When a husband would put away his wife. In other words, when a letter, an official letter has been issued by the judge granting the two of them to be uh, completely separated, to be torn apart, to be put away. Jesus is saying this. If you would confess that you did it and God already knows that you did it. If you would confess your guilt before me now, the Lord said, I am faithful. I am trustworthy. I won't throw you under the bus, as they say, when I hear you, when you make the confession. He said, no, you can trust me. I am faithful. I am just. I'm accepting and approve of God to forgive. In other words, to give you a letter. I will give you a letter from the throne that will disconnect you from the sin. I will write a letter of divorcement, meaning that that will no longer have your name. It's written in the context of a man divorcing his wife. The wife would be the one who would carry the children, but in this case, the wife is the sin. It is the wife in this this context, the wife that is the sin, that would carry and birth the sin babies. God said, I will give it a divorcement. You will no longer produce this sin. You will no longer go through this thing any longer. I will give you, I will write an official decree from heaven that will separate you eternally from that thing that was bringing you death, hell, and destruction. He said, but you got to speak it to me. You've got to talk to me about it. You've got to confess it. And he said, I will separate you from that. I will separate you from that. He said, I'll separate you or forgive you of the sin and the unrighteousness. That talks about the unrighteousness of your heart, the unrighteousness of life. We know that there are some things that are bad in our lives and we don't want to do them anymore. And so God says, if you just walk with me, just walk in the light. And as you're walking in the light, you confessing your sins before me, my blood is cleansing you. And then the Lord said, my son is cleansing you and he's forgiving you and he's taking the desires out of your heart and he's renewing your strength and you're getting 
getting stronger day in and day out. You're looking more like Jesus day in and day out. And the things that held you in bondage, the things that held you in captivity, you'll discover that, that those things have been broken. And God has given an official edict, an, an official decree from heaven saying that that thing will no longer be a part of your life. God said, I'll issue a word for you. I'll issue a word that when, that when uh, even in eternity past, when eternity comes up and when somebody sees you, hey, what are you doing here? You used to do this, that, and the other. You say, what? No, no, that's not a part of my life anymore. That was past. God severed the connection of that to be remembered no more. No more. And let me end with this. In the book of Hebrews, the eighth chapter, I believe, God said, this is a new covenant. This is a new covenant which I will make with the house of Israel, with my people Israel. He goes on to down and says that uh, he will be merciful and that he will remember their sins no more. He said, I'll remember your sins no more. Don't you understand how very powerful that is? Now, again, if we would take that, if we would say that in human terms, that's one thing. You as a human being, when I tell you to remember something, what do you do? If I tell you uh, to remember or tell me what you had for dinner two days ago, what are you doing? That means as a human being, you have to stop, stop thinking about everything else and now focus on events that have happened in the past, right? What did you eat even last night? You have to take yourself, you're still here, you're physical, you're in physical form, but you have to take yourself mentally back to that place where you're sitting down at the table or riding down the road in your car, wherever you ate dinner. You have to take yourself from where you are to visit that place to come up with that information. Remember, understand something. God is not like us. We are, we are products of time. We can only be in one time, one place at one time. God is in all places and it is in all times at the same time. So when he says, remember, he's not standing there and trying to bring it to mind. He's saying that he's causing himself to go back to that place. He's causing himself, the present him, so to speak, is causing himself to be in that place once again where that action occurred. Does that make sense to you? He's already there. He was there while we were thinking about doing it. He was there when we were doing it. He was there after we did it. He is still there at that moment. We have to think about it, but he is still there at that moment. So when God says, I will remember your sins no more, what he is in effect saying is that I will remove my presence from that moment. I will remove my presence from that moment. Now there will be no record that that moment ever existed. It never existed. 
He said, I'll remove my presence. I will I'll refuse to bring that, that, that event to mind. I will no longer bring that event into mind. It had never happened. It never existed. When God says, I will not remember your sin, he's saying, I will not visit it. I will not call it to mind. It never happened. It is complete. So when the Bible says that Jesus said he will, if you confess your sins before him, he is faithful, he's trustworthy, you can depend upon him, and he's just, that means he's able and accepted before God to forgive. Wipe that moment away. It never happened. He's faithful to delete it from the records. It never happened. He's faithful and just to forgive and uh, to cleanse from all sin and the desires in your heart that made you go there in the first place. If you simply confess the wrong that's there. So, in effect, God said, I'm willing to do it all. I'm willing to do it all. All you got to do is talk to me now. But still, some are stubborn in pride and say, I have no sin, or they are stubborn and say, I can walk with God and still do this, and you're missing it all together. This is why the judgment of God will be so bad. Will be so bad because he's doing all he can right now to get us right with him. All he can to get us right. All we got to do is accept his hand. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop right there. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.